Good morning, everybody. Welcome to The Daily Oz. It is a very special day for all politics fans and hopefully all TDA readers and listeners out there. Today is Budget Day. It's the one day a year where we dive into fiscal policy. We're sending two journalists into the budget lockup to get the head start on the budget papers so that when it's all released by the Treasurer, they are ready to go with their analysis. I'm going to be joined later in the podcast by one of those two journalists, Tom Crowley, to give us a preview of the Night of Nights for Politics Nerds. Zara, you are a politics nerd. Before we get into the budget, tell us the news stories of the day. It does feel a bit like deja vu, but residents of North and South Lismore have been issued with a moderate to severe flood emergency warning for the second time in just a month. According to the SES, rainfall totals of up to 300 millimetres and, quote, life-threatening flash flooding are possible over the next two days. However, the Bureau of Meteorology has said the current weather system is not meant to be as long-lasting, at least as the one earlier this month. And just a quick content warning, this story discusses suicide. Mental Health Australia, the country's peak mental health sector body, has called on the federal government to implement a suicide reduction target of 25% by 2025. Recent Australian governments have rejected calls for a suicide reduction target in favour of pursuing the goal of zero deaths from suicide. There were 3,139 suicide deaths in Australia in 2020. NASA has released satellite footage that has shown the collapse of Antarctica's Conga ice shelf, which is approximately the size of Rome. There have been unusually high temperatures recorded in East Antarctica with a record high of minus 11.8 degrees Celsius reported. It is more than 40 degrees warmer than seasonal norms. And today's good news, Troy Kotzer has become the first deaf man in the history of the Oscars to win an award for acting. Accepting his award delivered in American Sign Language, Kotzer said, I just wanted to say that this is dedicated to the deaf community, the coder community and the disabled community. This is our moment. If you thought the Oscars were a big event filled with drama and accolades, just wait until you see what's on your television screens at about 7.30pm tonight. It's the 2022 budget, and this is a particularly important one as we approach the federal election, which is only a couple of weeks away. Tom Crowley, journalist for The Daily Oz, you're on your way to Canberra for the budget. What does your day actually look like? Today. I am, Sam, I'm, I'm very excited about it. Firstly, it's good to be here. I stole your chair all of last week, so it's nice to be talking to you again. I am off to Canberra with fellow TDA journalist Billy Fitzsimons, and we're going into the famous budget lockup this afternoon. So that's where all journalists and media get an advanced look at the budget. So Billy and I will go without our phones into a kind of secret sealed off room for about six hours Well, we'll take a look at the budget and we'll be ready to cover it on the TDA Instagram page from 7.30 when the Treasurer gets up to give his speech. So it's going to be a a full and certainly for someone like me, Sam, a very exciting day and there's going to be lots of coverage to come tonight. And when you sit down at the desk in this budget lockup room, no phone, obviously no internet connection then because they're clearly worried about leaks of this fascinating document. What are you actually going to see on the desk? Is there a physical copy of the budget paper? 
There is. So it actually comes in in several books. So you get a sort of a stack that's about a foot high of different budget books and nobody ever reads the whole thing, much though you very generously described it as a fascinating document. A lot of it is just sort of very boring and procedural and it's like an accounting document. But there are certain things in it that we look for that really do matter and there'll be things buried within the budget papers that will make a really big difference to what the next few years will look like, I suppose. So there's lots of kind of interesting things to be gleaned from the budget. Our job this afternoon will be... to to figure out what those things are and bring them to TDA's audience tonight. And then I'll be back on the pod, I think, with Billy tomorrow to debrief and dissect. And so you obviously live and breathe the budget. It matters a lot to you and your work and your reporting. Why should it matter to the average TDA listener who's on their way to work right now and going about their life as normal? Absolutely. So I guess maybe I'll start here, Sam, by saying that, I mean, not everything that the government does has to do with money, but a lot of what the government does has to do with money. The the, the two tasks of raising money and then spending that money are two of the most important things that government does. They, They encompass so many of the different activities, every tiny little program that gets funded right up to the really kind of huge decisions about hospitals or schools or the very biggest things in the budget. So there's so much on the line in any budget. It's not the only time that government can make decisions about spending, but it is the time when it all comes together in one document. So there are two things that I think matter in the budget. There's kind of the big picture and the small picture. And if you like, I can kind of take them one at a time so first the big picture and that's kind of about how much is the government spending and taxing overall and the reason that matters it's kind of about the government's strategy so the government will tend to spend more money basically i mean this is not kind of always the case but the general rule of thumb is the government spends more money when it thinks the economy is struggling and it spends less money when it thinks that the economy is strong. That That's a very, very simplified way of putting right. it. But that's basically kind of the strategic question that we've got. And it's the kind of thing that gets hotly debated. And so one of the big things that we look for is where's the government put that balance? How well does it think the economy is going? And how much is it going to spend as a result? And, and so obviously through COVID, it was all about kind of propping up people who are really struggling. Uh, what's kind of the theme then of this year? Exactly right. So so the last couple of years, I mean, I suppose after years of coalition government wanting to talk about reining in spending, and certainly that's something that for years they've talked about coming back to a surplus. So it's just to kind of unpack those two terms quickly, a deficit is when the government's spending more money than it takes in. And a surplus is the opposite of that when it's taking in more money than it's spending. But then, as you say, COVID came along, a whole bunch of government spending and some very large deficits as a result to, I guess, support the the weak economy through COVID. Now the picture's kind of slightly more complicated because in a lot of senses, the economy has recovered really well. So when we look at jobs numbers, unemployment is not a perfect measure, but it does give you some sense of, of how things are going. Unemployment is the lowest it's been since 2008 underemployment, which is a measure of people who who would like to work more hours. That's also the lowest it's been since 2008. So there's some sense in which things are kind of going quite well. And the government's certainly pointing out, yeah, the recovery's been quite successful. And so that would normally suggest that it's time to kind of ease off the spending. At least that's what the Treasurer is saying. But at the same time, you've got these other kind of, I think there'd be a lot of people in the audience who are thinking, hold on, what do you mean the economy's going well? Aren't we talking about cost of living? We've talked on the podcast about petrol and coffee and all these other things. Cost of living's biting really hard. Wages haven't grown really for the best part of a decade. That's another thing we've spoken about on the podcast. So I think that there's sort of, although there are some signs 
that the economy is strong. There are other signs that the economy kind of is still struggling in certain ways and reasons for support. And the government seems to be recognising that it's got to do something or that it wants to do something about kind of the cost of living as well. So it's got this kind of difficult balance and it sort of, to be honest, in the last couple of weeks, the government's really been kind of sitting on the fence a little bit and saying on the one hand, we've got to be, you know, responsible and start spending less. But on the other hand, we've got to do something about the cost of living. So it's going to be very interesting to see how they manage that balance tonight. I've noticed over the last few days, almost kind of a week or two now, we've been getting these leaks from the budget. We've been given sneak previews into what's being announced tonight. What's the political strategy behind leaking some of these announcements? And what has caught your eye as a big announcement that we're going to be hearing about formally tonight? Before every budget, governments love to kind of, you know, drip feed little good news stories in the weeks leading up. I suppose it's to kind of draw as much attention to the budget as they possibly can and and all that sort of thing. So I think that's kind of the reason that they do it. And it speaks to, I guess I mentioned the big picture and the small picture before. This is kind of the small picture. So it's all very well and good to talk about these big, you know, how much is the government spending, weak economy, strong economy. That's all a bit abstract. But a budget also contains thousands and thousands of small choices that are much more concrete and that are things like funding a a new drug that might save someone's life or, or a new program that might really help people. And so these sort of individual little things, they can be either kind of good news stories or bad news stories. And the government loves to highlight some of the little good news stories over the weeks in the lead up to the budget. So as far as the big things, maybe I'll start with something that we've spoken about on the pod before, Sam, which is the cost of petrol. So the government is, it seems, going to cut the fuel excise, which is a 44 cent per litre tax on petrol. There was a suggestion, in fact, that it's going to take effect from midnight on budget night. So sort of a big grabby headline. And I think we'll hear the treasurer in his speech tonight say, and the great news is when you drive off to to the petrol pump tomorrow, it'll be automatically cheaper or, you know, something along those lines. So that's kind of one of the big ones. There was a major funding announcement a couple of days ago for endometriosis initiatives, including specialised clinics in every state and a new type of scan for people with severe endometriosis to be funded by Medicare. So that was another one that that got some attention. There are a couple of other bits and pieces. There's some subsidies for apprentices. There's, we think, a one-off $250 payment for pensioners. And there's some support for first-home buyers as well. So there's some of the things we've been drip-fed. There'll be lots more to come tonight. And Tom, just to round out this chat, how are you going to be approaching this budget as a journalist? You've got an audience of over 340,000, mostly young people, but we've got, you know, listeners of all different walks of life and ages on the podcast as well. How are you going to be approaching this task ahead of you? That's a good question, Sam, and I'm very interested to to see how it all goes today. It's my first time covering a budget as a journalist. I've been on the other side helping to write budgets before. I've been analysing them in, in different jobs, but this is the first time I've had to cover them. And I think the challenge and the way that we want to try and do it at TDA, consistent with our, I guess, our philosophy here of breaking down the news and making it accessible, will be how do you turn this sort of sea of little things and a big picture story into kind of a narrative that you can grab onto and that makes sense. So I think that we'll, we'll try as much as we can with our coverage tonight to make things really tangible. So we'll, we'll probably have a, a single post that deals with the big picture and then we'll break this small picture up into kind of topic areas. So we'll talk about health on its own. We might talk about education on its own. We might talk about welfare. Try and break things down and I guess try to put them in a little bit of context, give you some context for the numbers, give you some context for kind of, you know, what the norm, how significant 
second uh, is each little piece of news and try and give you a little bit of that, as we always do, that background behind the news. So you'll see a whole flurry of posts from us on the page tonight. And if we're doing our job well, we'll really try and give readers as much of that tools to put the news in its context. I have no doubt you and Billy are up for the task and I am so excited to be on the other side of the WhatsApp message when you send the text through, when you finally get your phone back saying, these are the 10 pieces I've made over the last six hours and uh, we're just excited to bring the news to our readers. If you want to follow along with Budget Night on Instagram, you can find us at The Daily Oz. The audience of 340,000 is waiting for you to join them. Until then, we'll come back to you tomorrow with a budget wrap to give you a full rundown on the highs and lows of the 2022 budget. Until then, have a good day.